Good evening and Love welcome to Working for a Living. Ah, well, good evening and welcome to Working for a Living, where progressives for a change present opinions that matters. Tonight we're joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and Dave Fillion, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. We have a couple announcements to start with. Um, let's have a moment of silence again. Once a week, this once again this week. Four innocent men, women, and children who lost their lives in Munich, Germany, in a massacre. Thank you, everyone. Uh, the Honeywell workers remain locked out by uh, plant management, uh, and we continue to look for a strategy to emanate from Solidarity House in dealing with this rogue corporation. Uh, the announcements for tonight. Uh, Email and any comments that came in, uh, we just have one from Herb in Florida. He says, another one. This needs to stop. Thank you, Herb. Uh, I think we all agree. Uh, I believe we have uh, Jeff Brown and Dave Fillion with us. There we go. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing tonight? Good, Leroy. How are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, Dave's on with us as well. Hi, David. Hey, Leroy. Jeff, how are you guys doing? Hey, Leroy. Or Dave. Yeah, we're doing doing good. Doing pretty good. Great. Um, uh, we're going to uh, have some topics in the news this week we'll cover. Uh, before we get into the topics of the week, I'd like to remind everyone about Aristotle's statement. A problem defined is a problem half solved. And if we ever can try and define a problem here on this show, Maybe other people can find a way to solve it. So we, we aspire to do those sort of things in a positive uh, vein. So uh, I think Jeff has some information about the Supreme Court decision uh, regarding the teachers. Uh, Jeff, you want to take take that out? Yeah. Well, um, Michigan's Republican governor, Rick, the dictator Snyder, um, is appealing a $500 million uh, that he took away from school teachers. He's appealing it from the Michigan State Supreme Court. They uh, overruled him and ordered him to pay that money back, teachers and school workers. Um, that should have it's taken out of their paychecks at 3%. Um, heard about 200,000 teachers and school employees. Um, you know, our teachers are well underpaid in this state. It's, um, it seems like it's a uh, payback or revenge on the teachers' unions or school unions. Uh, Bill Schutte, who was a Republican Attorney General for Michigan, he is refusing to take part in this appeal uh, and um, the Michigan Supreme Court ruled that the law was founded unconstitutional is ordering $550 million back to the people he stole the money from uh, we'll just wait and see where this takes us and hopefully the workers affected by all this will get some justice they deserve the money um, nobody should have to pay back anything of their paychecks to their employee. Uh, that's all I got, Leroy. I want to make it real short. Uh, if anybody has any questions, you can see the story on our Facebook page, Working for a Living. Um, it explains everything in detail. So that's all I got, brother Leroy. Okay. Thank you, Jeff, for educating the listeners on that particular issue that come up this week. Uh, and it's uh, you know it's an ongoing issue. Uh, we're seeing, uh, as you very well indicated, uh, the, the uh, governor Snyder, a Republican, uh, taking a uh, Supreme Court decision, a rare labor favorable Supreme Court decision here in Michigan lately, uh, and he didn't like it, so he's going to appeal that to the federal level, and uh, it says a lot about him. And those around him. So, 
Uh, and, you know, obviously, Shudi, the attorney general, is not with him on this matter. So you wonder how much legal, legal ground he really, really has to stand on in this appeal. So thank you, Jeff. Uh, David, do you have any questions for Jeff? Um, no. Um, just one more of the divisive um, tactics that Snyder's pulled since he took office in 2010. Um, nothing ever good comes out of there but misery. That's about all yeah, I got to I, say about it, that. Okay. Now he's got a little over two years left, and then we'll have another election. So we'll see what happens then. Uh, he's had a number of uh, issues on his watch, not least of which is the Flint water crisis. Uh, so uh, having said that, uh, I... A really good job educating the listeners, Jeff. I just want to compliment you one again on that issue. Uh, so uh, I'd like to educate the, the listeners and some of the members that listen about the uh, new UAW app uh, that's come out this past week. Uh, it's an application you can download for your phone or your computer, uh, and uh, it indicates that it has the ability to send you updates and messages on the uh, current affairs of the UAW. And if that were just what it was, it would be a really nice uh, application uh, to download onto your uh, phone or your computer or other device. Uh, this application also needs permissions. And when you download it, you, you hit a little button that says accept these permissions. It doesn't say permissions exactly what this uh, says and this is on our uh, working for a living uh, Facebook page if you're not a member please come in and join uh, uh, and find this uh, and it's near the top because it was posted recently and then moved up a little uh, but uh, it's you know it says the UAW app needs to access or needs access to your location your photos media and files. Files is where everything is stored, so that's all your storage in your device that you download this on. And then it needs your permission to allow these permissions to be placed on your device or computer. And you have to click accept. And once you click accept, then the administrators of this application can track your location wherever you're at. And that's whether or not you have GPS on, because they can ping you by the cell towers and find out within a few yards of your location. If you have GPS on, it's with probably within a, a yard and a half or so, maybe you know five feet, something like that. So uh, when they ping you off the cell phone, it, it takes a little bit longer. And there's actually uh, uh, legal cases where they go back and track where your phone has been, they can actually do that. I had a friend that uh, had, a, he was an attorney, or he is an attorney, and he had a client that uh, he did work for where they were having um, uh, major theft by uh, people that traveled the country, uh, and they wanted to know if they did the theft or if they were innocent of the theft. And, they had to get court order to access their phone records so they could go back and track exactly where the phone was. They can do that for reportedly up to a year. That's very dangerous stuff uh, that the, the police have access to. And now, if you download this app, your friendly leadership at the UAW, friendly was loosely used, uh, will have the same access to your location, current location. And we don't know if that's historical or not. They'll have access to all your photos. Think about it. All your photos. They have access to all your media that you have access, that you have loaded onto your device or computer. And they'll have access to all your files in storage. I don't know about you, but I'm uncomfortable 
hitting the accept button on this one. I guess the questions need to be asked. Why would they need this information? Why would the UAW need your location, your photos, your media, and every file in your device? Think about your document file in your computer. Think about it. Think about what you have in there and how sensitive some of that information is. Credit cards. Do you make a copy of those in your Excel spreadsheet? All your bills? Your budget that you have on an Excel spreadsheet like I do? Do you want the UAW to have access to every interpersonal thing that you have? That's what this device this app is asking for, and the permissions required allow that if you accept it. The other question is, who created such an instrument of personal invasion? Who would do that? Are these people licensed that are IT people, like mortgage brokers that weren't and now are after the 2008 debacle? Do IT people Internet technology people need to be licensed so that they don't create applications such as this. You've seen me write about the coming technology and how I recently wrote, about two weeks ago, about 10 days ago, on, on our Working for a Living page and how invasive and, and how threatening that is to human species and we don't truly don't have the privilege of being mad at one another with that coming. We have to really stand together shoulder to shoulder and protect ourselves against artificial intelligence that exists today. It does exist. We have a computer smart as a human. It's in a hole in the ground, 100, 100 feet cubed, all, four, all, three, all six sides, and and uh, it does exist. They spend a lot of money maintaining and cooling it. But it does exist. And once they get that shrunk down, I don't know how many Moore's Law cycles that will take to do that. When they get it shrunk down to the size of a human head or maybe the size of your little computer uh, called a cell phone, and they just you know, put it in something that kind of looks like us, and off it goes. But it's coming. It's not far off. You got it does take a lot of vision to see it on the horizon. Is this part of this? Do the people that do these things need to be licensed? IT professionals so that they do not do what I just wrote about ten days ago. And this came out about five days ago. Last week Monday. Will this be added? Will this application be added? as an element of the UAW Constitution as a condition of holding office, similar to a condition of voting. Will new officers or existing officers in the future be required to have this app on their communication device, whether it's a phone or something we don't even know about in the future? You know, things are changing pretty fast, folks. Look back just 10 years. Look back 15 years. How many of you really had a cell phone in 2000? How many of you had a cell phone in 1996 when I got my first one? And I was leading the curve. That's 20 years ago. Think about it, folks. Will this be added as a condition of officers of the UAW to hold office the same way voting is? Would you want that at the next Constitution? Would you want them to add that? And if you think the answer is no, and you know how the Constitutional Convention seems to be stacked against us, we hear it every week from some of our brothers and sisters on social media, how it's impossible to crack that nut. Well, I've never seen a successful anybody that said I can't do it. 
fact is, Henry Ford said, whether you can, whether, whether you say you can, or whether you say you can't, you're correct. And we've been saying we can, and others have been saying they can't. They're correct, and we're correct, because we think we're going to do that. But it's not going to be the leadership team that causes this. It's going to be an uprising from the membership that causes this. We'll give you some direction. We'll help you along the way, just like I'm saying right now. If you want something like this in your constitution as a condition to hold office, and these morons are that brilliant down there that they might want to try and pull that off, in my opinion, then just sit back, lackadaisical, laissez-faire. I can't do nothing. But if you don't want it, get kinetic and start working now to get rid of the people that continually, every constitution, do what they want with impunity. Look what they did in the in the ratification vote. It's simply unacceptable. Unacceptable. So, having said that, um, that's sort of what's going on with this app. I would ask you to think whether you'd like to have those elements occur. Would you like to have those people that administer this app with access to everything on your computer, your, your cell phone, you know. I mean, <laughs> just think if you were having two or three girlfriends, how much fun they'd have with that. Or if they found one of them mad at you, how they could go try and pick her off. Or if you had a boyfriend and you had two of them, one of them found out that one of them was mad at you and they went and stole them away from you. All kinds of things. You just go figure you know, I'll tell you something. This team, working for a living, would disgust it. And I don't think there's a soul on this team that supports what can be done with this app. I've outlined some things that could be done. Communication is a great thing. If they didn't have these permissions on this app and it just said we want it, have one-way communication to you. We want to disseminate information to you. This would be a wonderful thing. It would be a remarkable thing to be able to understand the thoughts of the international UAW. But you know, they can communicate that pretty well on Facebook. They have all sort of minions out here trying to, you know, manipulate maneuver and modify our positions on Facebook today. They're all out there. They're all over. They'd love to manipulate us. But there's some of us out there that can't do that. So having said that, uh, that's the education on the app just for today. Uh, maybe they'll change it based on some of the things they heard here on this show, but I doubt it. Uh, so that's that's... Uh, the wrap up on that. Uh, do either one of you fellows have any more to add to this? Yeah, I do. covered it pretty well. I wouldn't uh, give them any information at all. So you covered real good, anyway. Thank, thank you, Jeff. Again, the information. If you if you hit the accept button, they'll have access to it. And quite frankly, it's pretty hard to get the, the you know reverse those applications once they're on. Some of them become a hidden app, uh, a hidden file in your in your phone. Those do exist, by the way. Uh, David, do you have anything? Yeah. On this um, one? Yeah, go ahead. We're aware that uh, a few years back, um, I'm not going to mention a local or a plant, um gentleman was running for office. Um, he sought an open position. Um, and was uh, running for that. The uh, caucus administration did not want him to uh, 
to win that election. They actually sent a committee man to the plant floor to start an altercation with him. And when it escalated into an argument, his very own committee man went to management and attempted to have him disciplined for creating a hostile working environment, which would have placed him on the street for the balance of the shift in three days. Now imagine if they had um, access to his personal files, media. Um, He had been working on his campaign using um, social media. Um, Very damaging. Um, A lot you can collect. And also, um, we're very aware that on uh, many Facebook pages, some of them have 13,000 members, some of them have um, as many on others. Um, The international UAW reps don't have any problem coming to these pages. The only thing is they're not bringing any information to the people like they claim they want to bring with this app. Um, The NLRA states that you um, may not coerce, intimidate employees when there's an election process going on. I think all of us saw during um, the negotiations the rollout of the international reps. I have a collection of their names. We're not going to produce them tonight. Um, One of them went as far as to say that it's going to be cold in November, your money's going to be running low, and you might not even be able to afford a turkey for Thanksgiving. Um, These are the kind of uh, things that they want to bring um, to the Facebook pages. If they want to reach out to the membership and bring information to us, they don't need an app. They're already on the pages. They can speak directly to the membership without having an app that collects information the way it does. That's my opinion. Thank you, David. We appreciate your uh, uh, your your input regarding that. Uh, as long as we're talking about, there's, I mean, there's just, I mean, I can't tell you how many that I've heard of over the years and witnessed over the years. Um, but I I had a an acquaintance, uh, someone that I knew quite well. Uh, we we're friendly. I don't know that we're friends, but we're friendly uh, in all ways. I mean, he's just a nice enough fella. Uh, and, you know, I, I knew him and his spouse. Uh, his wife's a real nice person. And she had run for office, and I came to know them quite well because I was cap coordinator at that time. So uh, he ran for committee position. He's a skilled tradesman. And about five days before the election was to be held, they took it upon themselves, plant management took it upon themselves to ship him to a facility, another General Motors facility, 60 miles away, and put him up in a hotel for the four nights that he would be there uh, to be an advisor on some project there. He was a pattern maker, die maker, sorry, die maker. And uh, so he was an advisor down there working on a project in another plant. Of course, he was running for election. He was quite well-known and liked among the tradesmen. But if you're out at a plant, where you're running for office for five days leading into the election, chances of you getting elected are pretty slim and none. I found it interesting that management did that at a very specific time regarding his upcoming election. Uh, Management's not allowed to be uh, collaborating, colluding with the union in in the election process. And you're correct, David. The National Labor Relations Act of 1935, otherwise known as the Wagner Act, 
says very clearly that uh, no one in an election, management or the union, may threaten, intimidate, or coerce the voters in such election. May not threaten, intimidate, or coerce. And I'm looking that information up. I know exactly where it's at, but I'm going to go dig it out of the files and uh, uh, post that soon. It's going to be used in some other things that we're fighting. There's, it's a constant fight. You know, you, you, management is the true enemy in all of this. But when the union allows management to define itself to the point where unions begins to take on management's role and seems as though we're fighting our union too. You know, I I hear people say, well, the union's not the bad guy. Well, you know, a a true union isn't the bad guy. (laughs) You know, I just got to tell you, folks, we got some serious problems today. And it's just sad that they're colluding and collaborating with management to the degree they are. And I'm sorry, it's my opinion that you colluded to send somebody that was up for election out of this town 60 miles away to go to work somewhere else during his campaign. I can't imagine that that wasn't collusion. And it's been proven any number of other times but not acted on. So be careful, guys. You know, you got to just be a little more careful than you are. You're crossing the line over there. So there's a lot of good things our union does, but that's, that's something we really lack in, in integrity and ethics. There's an appeal at Local 600 on the ethics of this past election, ethics violations. So having said that, um, uh, Dave, or I'm sorry, Jeff. Do you have any questions? Uh, I get. Uh, I guess uh, we're still on the app issue, aren't we? Uh, David, do you have that uh, uh, issue you want to cover on the uh, yeah. uh, uh, Kimberly Clark? Want to yeah. educate the, the listeners about that? Sure do. Um, okay. We're not very timely on this because um, that was at the beginning of July. We've kind of put it on the back burner because we've been talking about other issues, but um, this involves Venezuela's government, um, the Kimberly Clark Corporation. Um, they had uh, 971 workers request that the government um, seize the company. And uh, the reason why they did that is because Kimberly Clark um threatened to pull out. Well, they didn't just threaten. They're going to. And uh, so um, the government of Venezuela has taken control of the Kimberly Clark plant and seized it. Um, The uh, government of Venezuela um, is going to provide public funds to the workers that work at the plant. Um, They announced uh, Saturday, which would have been prior to the 11th of July, that it was suspending production in Venezuela because of lack of primary materials, currency trouble, and soaring inflation. The company made a number of hard-to-find, said that they had uh, had hard-to-find staples in Venezuela, such as diapers and facial tissues. Kimberly Clark will begin, will continue to produce for all of the Venezuelans. Um, It was said in a televised statement from the factory, surrounded by workers chanting pro-government slogans. Um, Along with um, Kimberly Clark, Bridgestone, General Mills, and Procter & Gamble, and other multinational corporations are scaling back their operations there amid an economic crisis. And uh, their president, uh, Nicholas Mandero, um, he doesn't have much good to say about Barack Obama. Um, 
he uh, refers to it as the new imperialist inquisition of U.S. President Barack Obama. Um, so here in the United States, we've watched Carrier collect uh, tax abatements um, to operate. Um, we've watched uh, in Chicago um, the Mandela's workers who manufactured Oreo cookies. 600 of them lose their jobs. Some of them are still in there producing. Um, it would seem that in the future, when these corporations seek um, tax abatements to continue work or to add on to their um, facilities, um, infrastructure improvements, that they sign on, that if they leave the United States and take the work somewhere else, then they forfeit their property. And then um, we could continue those jobs here in the United States. Um, there has been um, discussion before about um, worker-owned corporations. In fact, it was discussed in the matter of SCA prior to the bankrupt, well, during the bankruptcy. Who knows what could have come of that? The UAW could have very well stepped up and uh, took over FCA and made that a worker-owned corporation. Um, some of these other places that have left, it might be possible that that could happen there, too, as well. And uh, not only are we just talking about cookie manufacturers and furnace manufacturers, that would also apply to auto manufacturers as well who seek to escape the United States after collecting tax abatements um, to build facilities and then bail out on the American workers for uh, cheap labor in Mexico. Um, that would uh, put a stop to um, them wanting to run south of the border. Fairly reasonable. It's fairly reasonable in price for them to simply give back the tax abatement when you're talking about a billion, billions of dollars in um, plant structure. That's something else to think about for these corporations. So um, that's where I'm at on that, Leroy. And uh, so you can take that away if you guys have questions or oh. want to have discussion oh. on it. Okay. Thank you. David, uh, for educating the listeners on that particular issue. I just want to note that we have quite a full switchboard tonight. If anybody wants to talk, just press 1, and I'll uh, come in and say hi to you and, you know, get your question and then uh, get you ready uh, to come on and answer that. I can do that by uh, screening, a little screening system that they have here much like they do on normal radio and TV. If you're calling into a show, they check and see what your issue is and then get you on. Uh, so, uh, But having said that, uh, anybody that uh, wants to talk, just please push one, and uh, we thank you for listening and calling in on the, list, on the call-in portion and the switchboard. Uh, Jeff, do you have any uh, comments or questions for David on his issue? No, it just seems like... NAFTA is coming back still to kick the American workers' butt and also to workers in the countries that these companies are moving to. You know, we've seen corruption in, in um, Coca-Cola. You know, it's just the world's changing too fast, and we are losing. We need to change that real quick. So it's all I thought we were just... Okay, yeah, thank you, Jeff. Um, I I know you have a uh, an issue that you had in your plant last week, Jeff, that you'd like to report on. Um, you want to educate the members on your issue that you had in the plant, the listeners? Sure. Um, last Tuesday evening at work, the shift I work, uh, we had a fire outside the building. First fire I've we've had for many many decades, and I've been there since day one. Um, right after our, our 6:45 to 7 o'clock break, uh, as we were returning back to our jobs, uh, 
the fire alarm went off. And um, one of my coworkers pulled the alarm. So I drove my forklift outside, and sure enough, there was some black smoke right next to the building, some flames. Um, what caused the fire has not yet been determined as far as I know, but um, it did do some damage to some part racks, um, minor damage to the building. Nobody was injured. Everybody was professional and got out very quickly. Um, we had three fire crews from different cities helping put out that fire. Um, it's uh, something that we don't need okay. to happen at any place. So that's what I could say. Um, it did not okay. stop production yeah. in the rest of the plant. So. Yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, Jeff, for educating us on that, that issue that happened at your plant. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to all the brave firefighter men and women that came to the aid of the workers in that plant and to preserve the plant so that they might continue to work there because uh, if they burn down the plant, you don't have a go place to go to work and they just they might not ever come back there. They might not rebuild there. So I want to say thank you to the brave fire men and women of the fire services that came out and those that support the fire services that came out there to the aid of the, the plant at Flat, Flat Rock. Uh, where they build a Mustang, <laughs> a Ford Mustang, and uh, it's a great, great car, by the way. And uh, we, we want to thank them for uh, getting that fire out in, in pretty good order and preserving the plant so that they didn't have an interruption or loss of work at that location. So thank you to all those brave men and women. Uh, Dave, do you have anything to, to ask or comment on that issue? Um, no. Um just looking at uh, the video that was posted online, it was a pretty good blaze. Um, fortunate nobody got hurt. Um, and it was said there were some explosions and propane tanks involved in this. So that was a very dangerous situation for the firefighters. Um, those guys really put themselves out. That's uh, so what I got to say on that, Leroy. Okay, thank you. Uh, as we grow as a show and we become better at producing the show, uh, the listeners will be uh, pleased to know as you look at the show uh, when you are listening to it, as you look at the, the, uh, uh, the uh, device and can see the changing slides in the uh, show, it's not just our normal uh, one, one image. You can see images from that fire uh, scroll across in a uh, uh, slideshow on our on our show as you're watching watching the show. So we'll try and do that for every topic that we're talking about in the future. You know, we're not perfect. As Jeff was very clear to point out in a post on our on our Facebook page, working for a living uh, and on Facebook, uh, and Jeff. Uh, pointed out he's not perfect, and I'm certainly not perfect, and Dave and, and all the rest of the team that, that are on tonight are not perfect. But we'll try and get that slideshow set up so that it will cover some of the issues or the issues that we're uh, talking about on any given night. But you should be able to see those scrolling across your screen as you look at the screen uh, with the show uh, moving along uh, tonight. So it's a new feature. Uh, that uh, we've incorporated in the production of the show, and we hope you like it. If you have any comments on it, our email is workingforaliving at workingforaliving.com. Um, uh, we promised you last week that there was a real serious issue ongoing in one of the locations across the nation. It was a GM location, one of the local unions. Uh, uh, I'm at liberty to talk about it. We are at liberty to talk about it a little bit more uh, with uh, some caveats, we can't get into any uh, particulars, uh, but we can tell you the, the issue and how that played out, and it's educational, and I think everybody will uh, appreciate it. We discussed it on our, uh, this may, 
some of you may or may not know, we have a call before the, the, the show to discuss what we're going to talk about. And last week we, we discussed this at some length, uh, and uh, a number of uh, folks were uh, um, uh, real concerned that this is a serious issue. Uh, so uh, uh, let me just go over it real briefly. Uh, at a local union, at an unnamed location for now, uh, some member of the executive board resigned. A uh, person resigned because of some sort of uh, problem with civil rights, and the Civil Rights Committee began an investigation. Upon resignation, from the office, the, pers- the Civil Rights Committee suspended the investigation. Not that they were seeking to get rid of anybody. They just thought, well, why, why be any more of a, a problem in this person's life if, if he, he or she has uh, decided to uh, with, you know, leave a, a leadership position? And that happens a lot. You know, you see these things dropped after the people kind of say, um, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm sorry I made a mistake, and I'm going away now. Well, as it turned out, they posted the election for the position, the vacated position, and this same person, he, she, came in and applied for the office. Now, it was a single gender. I'm using double, double gender just to try and be non-descriptive here. So this person applied to run for the office again, and this just outraged uh, most people in the plant, and it outraged the election committee because they knew some of the, uh, the parts and pieces of the complaint, and it was a pretty serious complaint, uh, you know. And quite frankly, I, I don't know the uh, issues of the complaint. I just know there was a complaint. So, and that's what we were represented in our call, by the way. So, uh, the person ran and got through and became one of the top two. So they had to have a runoff. And they had a runoff, and the person lost by 40 votes. So this person did not get reelected or elected to his own or their their own vacated position. Uh, So we we have that uh, going on. And the election was held uh, last week. And this week, and they have an emergency meeting by the Civil Rights Committee to see if they should go through with the investigation. Now, there's a lot of thought on what should have happened once this person filed to, to run for their own vacated office seat. And the thought is, and it's been done in outside politics, where somebody, some group's been disciplined uh, uh, with a stipulation that somebody resigned from, or more than one resigned from a particular board or committee or board. Uh, so, and then it's it's actually happened where the the larger board wouldn't accept their resignation after the discipline had been doled out by a. Uh, one of the governmental entities. And, of course, upon that, the governmental entity went in and said that was a stipulation that you would resign, and now you didn't resign or didn't accept the resignation, so the person remains on the board. We're going to go back and revisit our discipline, and the discipline became the full measure. So the, the thought was that the investigation should have been reinitiated the second this person filed. And that would have uh, been ongoing during the election. Now, what occurred is that other, other people's ideas were that no investigation be ongoing during the, during the election. So there was no investigation. They just let the election play out. The person almost won. And uh, so now, here we go. We have this emergency meeting. And what would happen in a normal investigation for civil rights is that the larger committee 
usually, you know, several people. I mean, you know, 10, 12 people sometimes from the different locations of the facility and different shifts from the facility. You know, if you had three different major parts, there's three. Three shifts, there's another three. And you got a chairperson, that's 10. So it's a pretty good-sized committee. So they they would in, they would uh, appoint or select an investigating committee group, one, two, or three people, and they would go out and handle the investigation. They would interview any and all people that were named in the complaint, anybody that they might find associated through interviews uh, that they might want to talk to in addition to that, and the same people should be doing the interviewing. They should be asking very close to the same questions, the same core questions. Obviously, other questions would come up as they interview different people. So you may even have to go back and interview other people that you'd already interviewed. But that should be the same group of people. And then once they've concluded, and this could take a number of weeks, they would come back to the greater committee and they would present their findings to the committee and the committee then would vote whether to, to, to take it to the membership and whether that it be that the membership hold the person accountable and it be disciplined, or she be disciplined, or that no action be taken and that this committee, uh, their report is that uh, no action be taken in this matter for the following reasons. Okay, and then the membership committee, this is by way of education on how this should work. Okay, then the, um, the membership meeting, and then they might do that to the executive board, and then the executive board take it to the membership meeting, depending on the procedures by the local bylaws or the policy that the president set of the local union with regard to how they want this to be reported to the union uh, leadership or to the membership first. So that's you know something that would be in the bylaws or the local policy uh, by the executive uh, board. So once it's then presented to either the executive board or the membership, the membership has to vote on that whether to accept the recommendation or decline the recommendation of the Civil Rights Committee. And typically they would act on it in a way that they so chose. And the discipline would come from the membership if any discipline would be enacted. Uh, the uh, Civil Rights Committee could recommend some sort of discipline, uh, but it's the membership that would uh, vote on what discipline that might be uh, meted out, if any. Uh, and that uh, that's uh, pretty, pretty serious stuff uh, that they could act on uh, in this manner. I mean, this is when you're investigated by the Civil Rights Committee, you can be in a lot of trouble. They could recommend that Article 32, or 30, 31, or Article 33, or even Article 32 charges be filed and that the discipline be such should they be filed. And then the membership would then file the, those. Uh, that would be a, a, a filing by the committee. And then they would go have their own investigation for the membership. And uh, discipline could be up into and including revocation of membership. And in a state that's not a right-to-work state, where your membership's required to work there, that could possibly cost you your job. Michigan was a uh, closed shop state for a long time, from the early 50s until just a couple of years ago. Now we have right-to-work. So you wouldn't lose your job if you lost your membership. But in some states, it can mean you're losing your job if you lost your membership. This is very serious stuff, brothers and sisters. So having said that, uh, that's by way of education of the very serious issue that's ongoing at a current plant, and that's 
by way of educating everybody, the young people especially, that need to know how our union operates. And uh, I went through this whole uh, uh, chain of events and chain of uh, uh, how things are to proceed with one of the people uh, from that local principal uh, in this. So uh, just know that that's not just coming from me, that uh, we both concurred that that's exactly how that should uh, should happen. Uh, and it's and, and, and both concurred that it's very serious. Uh, so having said that, uh, uh, the other thing that's ongoing, uh, you've heard Art Peterson on our show, uh, Art's listening tonight, uh, one of the people in, in the uh, switchboard. Uh, he's, uh, he's working hard uh, on... Uh, uh, the answer. He was answered by the uh, so that um, by way of update, he filed a ethics article 32 ethic, ethical practices uh, charge against the local union the way they conducted the, the election for the ratification vote last fall in, at Ford Local 600. It was denied at the local union level and then sent to the. Um, International Executive Board, they held a hearing, and upon the findings of the hearing, uh, they put uh, that back to the uh, International Executive Board, and they sent out a letter of denial at the second level for ART. Now, ART's contemplating everything that he needs to do, uh, and he's a, a, a very capable and apt, smart man. Uh, and we look uh, for him to do the right thing for the membership. And that's what we all try to do uh, for the membership. Now, uh, the next step would be the public review board, should he choose to go there. And I don't know for sure or not if he is. Uh, I have my own insight. And in discussion with him, I'm pretty sure I know what he's going to do. But... Uh, I don't think he wants that out just yet, so I'm going to be a little coy and tell everybody that we don't know, but it's pending uh, in the process, and there's a short window in order to get his appeal uh, in if he so chooses. So having said that, uh, the next step is a PRB, and after that we'll go to the outside court system, uh, and that's ongoing now. So... Uh, with that said, uh, we did try to wanted to keep this a little short tonight. Um, do Jeff, do you have any comments on either one of those or questions on either one of the uh, the uh, civil rights issue or arts, uh, 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 you know, appeal that's that's in the process? Part of uh, arts appeal, um, I think, was if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong. Voter intimidation at the plant was mentioned yes. during right. the uh, right. the election. Well, right. The person who was intimidating the employee to vote a certain way happened to show up at my plant Tuesday for the fire. Um, oh. Once I found Ooh. that person, I raised some hell and took the audit management to kick him out of the plant. I tell it the other way, <laughs> but um, voter intimidation is not not a good thing. So we'll let it go at that. Yeah, there's there's some documentation in this appeal already, uh, and thank you, Jeff. We're, we're trying to be a little bit coy because we don't know what what what's going to occur, go go forward, not go forward, in what fashion, and you know it's. You know, it's just a little bit of, you know, keeping them on their toes a little bit, too. So, yeah, uh, it, that same language that uh, David brought up a minute ago, uh, may not threaten, intimidate, or coerce a person in the voting process by threatening a strike or loss of work. Or, and they go into detail about the, what the threats could be uh, in the National Labor Relations Act. So, um, you know, and so we'll just... Leave it at that right now. Uh, 
Anything mm-hmm. else on that one, Jeff, on either one of those? No, no, sir. No, sir. We're waiting okay, for to hear from Art. Yeah. Yes, yes, we are. Uh, and, David, uh, do you have any uh, comments on the civil rights uh, thing for Art? Oh, on Art. Um, I would like to commend Art for taking this up. Um, that it's a um, very good thing that Art's doing. We need more members like Art who will take the Constitution and um, use it the way it is intended to be used. And uh, we simply do not use the Constitution. They're dead pieces of paper. And Art's done a wonderful job of using the Constitution and exercising his rights as a UAW member. And I want to commend him for that. Um, thank you, thank you, David. I, I, I think, think Jeff, you would, you would, you would uh, agree with that. Concur. Yes, I know Art very yeah. well, and he, he does does his homework, and he won't give up until he gets justice. Right, I, I concur as well. I mean, Art's a stand-up brother, and we we appreciate everything he's done on behalf of the membership. And I know there's a lot of pressure at this time, one way or the other, uh, but we're waiting to hear from Art on, on that when he's ready. Uh, he's listening to the show and has asked that uh, we be a little bit coy on this until he's ready to, to tell us what he's going to do. Uh, so uh, we'll just wait uh, for, for Art when he's ready next week or the week after to uh, in, you know update us and the listeners on everything that's been done and going on uh, uh, on the issue of the Constitution uh, you know that David just brought up yes the Constitution exists and it's voluminous and we have a lot of things in it uh, and there are uh, not just the, the black letter print but there's cases that uh, perfect each and well, not not everyone but a lot of the paragraphs there's other uh, language and decisions uh, that perfect the intent of the Constitution. So please know just because you read the Constitution, there may be some other perfecting decisions from the PRB, uh, would be from the PRB to uh, uh, more uh, clarify further the, the black letter print in the Constitution. That's just a little thing that not many people realize. Uh, and the new Constitution books do not have the annotations. You have to have an old one before 1999 to see the annotations of the um, uh, perfection of some of the, the, the paragraphs. Not all of them, but some. Uh, having said that, uh, the Constitution is subordinate to the Wagner Act, and the Wagner Act is you know, reciprocally superintending to the Constitution of the UAW. In other words, if the Wagner Act says you may not threaten, intimidate, or coerce for the following reasons, or you know any of the uh, following issues, uh, then you can't do that, no matter what the United Auto Workers Constitution says. Okay? I can't imagine it says that, and I don't believe it does not say anything like that, quite frankly, but uh, there are people out there that seem to think... Uh, there's no rule against it. Uh, so that being said, uh, there are rules against it. You just didn't dig far enough, brother. And don't get crossways with me with your bullshit. Now, having said that, uh, either either of the co-hosts here this evening have anything else to say regarding uh, anything that's come to mind? No. No. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, having said that, I guess we'll start wrapping it up. Uh, you know, appreciate the, the co-hosts and everybody that participates in getting this information and, and participates in the call and uh, sometimes not uh, on the show. And the team is uh, very solid in what we present. So we thank everybody for their, their participation in the team. Um, the on-air and off-air. Thank you so very much. Uh, you may follow us on Blog Talk Radio, and you can just go over there to our uh, root uh, show that uh, has all the listing of all the shows, and click follow, and it'll come up. Uh, you can 
Uh, also, look at the postings that we make, and there's several links for Twitter and Facebook and the, the uh, web uh, uh, page, the website.com. Uh, so you can go do that if you choose to. Uh, if you found our show to have value tonight or any other night, and you think that you'd like to share that with some of your friends or just uh, anybody, uh, even some people you don't like, <laughs> just, just tell one more person or send it out in an email blast or a text blast. If you found this pretty good, pretty good show and you'd like to share that information for you to try and get, get out some pretty good information every week for you. And it's getting better uh, technically as we go along as well. None of us are professionals and we're here to give you, uh, you know, opinions and we're progressive to change. So we're trying to change it for the better. Most of us here, so all of us here. Having said that, let's give a hearty shout out to all of our friends around the, the nation and the world and uh, to Brook Park, Flat Rock, Tonawanda, Lordstown, Flint, Pontiac, Detroit, Bedford, Indiana, Lansing, Michigan, Toledo, Ohio, Chicago, Kansas City, Fairfax, St. Louis, Wentzville, Arlington, Chattanooga, Doraville, Santa Cruz, California, uh, the Arlington down there at the break room. Can't forget you. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mention the break room at Arlington, even though I said Arlington. Everyone else around the country and the world, Canada and Mexico, listen in to this show on a weekly basis. Thank you so very much. Um, listeners, have a good night and stay safe. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, Jeff. Leroy. Good night, folks.